0: Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartome, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads Podcast. Today, I have Sean Clayton with me. Uh, Sean Clayton is a husband. He's a father of two daughters. He's an OEF Army veteran. He's an American Ninja Warrior National Finalist and a semi-pro obstacle course racer. He has such an amazing story. And is a prime example that anyone can turn their life around and become successful. And I can't wait for him to share what he's about to share. Sean, thanks so much for coming on the Warrior Dads podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, man. Um, like we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago, I was excited after seeing <laughs> your uh garage that you've, you know, that, that, um, that we'll get into that you've kind of converted into this amazing, uh, I I guess this obstacle course, whatever you'd want to call it, but it's just crazy. And I saw it on Instagram and uh, saw your kids interacting with it and, and all that stuff. And I just thought, wow, this is so cool. And look what this guy's doing right now. And I wanted to have you on. And then after you sent me your story, after you sent me your bio, then I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So that's why I'm <laughs> super, super, super excited to have you on. And I just want to dive right in. So um, yeah. I'm not going to give anything away. I just want you to kind of start from the beginning a little bit. Um, you know, you could be as brief as you want um, or, or, or as detailed as you want, really. Um, just, I, I guess there's a little, uh, I don't know how many people listen to this with their kids, but uh, some of this stuff might, might be a little, uh, a little darker than uh, t- typical topics. Um, I don't want Sean to yeah. hold anything back. So, just as a little disclaimer, if you have little kids listening um, with you, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe this isn't the episode for them, but it's the episode for everybody else. So, fire away, man. All
1: right. Um, yeah. So, uh, pretty you know, normal childhood, I guess, um, growing up, my mom and dad, I was born in Illinois. Um, we moved to North Carolina, um, when I was like six months old and lived there for five years and then moved to South Carolina. Um, my dad was going to college full time and trying to feed us all. We were living in a two bedroom trailer. Uh, as the years passed, there was five of us, uh, with my brothers and sisters and um, then my mom and dad in a two bedroom trailer. And so it was cool. Like watching like my dad back then, seeing how hard he was working. He was working two jobs and going to college and um, that really like built up my work ethic and everything like that. Just seeing that. Um, that's, a, and, that's quite um, a workload
0: working two jobs and uh, going to school. I mean, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. He said, it, he, he always tells me, yeah, I didn't sleep for this six years, and uh, I can relate a lot now, so, um, yeah, then, um, uh, you know, I had Christian parents, and um, my mom, she was really passionate about um, adopting kids, and um, really wanted to do that, so uh, when I was, let's see, 13, um, they uh, wanted to adopt some kids from Guatemala, and they ended up doing that, um, getting all the paperwork to go through and everything and adopted um, a boy and two girls, um, my brother, Ugo, and my sister, Vilma and Kyra. And they came over and became part of our family. Um, when I was younger, my dad, he after college and everything, he got his business started. He ended up uh, starting a construction business. So even like when I was younger, I would go to work with him and everything. And so it was a typical day. We were homeschooled. I went to work with him and uh, I would do my school at night. And one day uh, we got a call um, from some, from a neighbor up the street and they said, Hey, uh, your son Ugo just came up the street. He said that somebody was in your house. And when he left, your mom was on the floor bleeding. And um, so like, I remember like me and my dad just driving, driving back, like flying from across town, trying to get there to see what was going on and try to figure out what was happening. And, uh, you know, kind of long story short, they found out that um, my brother's story wasn't lining up. And um, they found out that he had killed her, that he had um, gotten upset over uh, some school or something like that, some homeschool stuff, and didn't want to do his school. She told him he needed to do it. Um, He ended up leaving, grabbing a knife, and uh, he came back and stabbed my mom to death. The kid from Guatemala? The the kid from Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, after that, that, like, just, I I mean, I was so angry and I was just so mad that, like, my life just went, like, completely downhill after that. Uh, I started uh, doing drugs, like anything, just, you know, start out normal, just, uh, you know, like weed and stuff like that. And then it just got heavier and heavier until I was doing everything. I mean, uh, Coke, crack, eggs, like just anything that I could get my hands on. Really. Uh-huh. Um, I ended up running away from home and the state took custody of me. Um, and I got sent to a children's home at 14, spent my birthday there. Uh, turned 15 in a children's home. I started fighting a lot while I was in there. Um, I mean, you you pretty much get beat up every day. You know, it's like, you're always getting jumped or something. And um, so I ended up getting involved with like a gang and everything. And um, so like during that time, my dad, he was still trying to get custody of me. Uh, Like, you know, through all that, my dad is like the only person that you know, really stuck around and was really, you know, trying to, to help me and, you know, it really says a lot about him and because he was dealing with all like the similar stuff that I was going through, you know, like with, as far as like, you know, he lost his wife, lost his son all that. And now me, I'm off out in a children's home. So he was trying to get custody of me and the state told him that he could have custody if he'd send me to a military school out of state because they didn't want me you know, just being in the same environment as far as like the public schools and being around people and stuff like that. So they wanted me at a military school. So he ended up sending me to a military school when I was 15 and uh, spent a lot of money to get me there. And I ended up getting kicked out of there as well and dropping out of high school when I was 16.
0: Why'd you get kicked out of the military school?
1: Fighting. I, I mean, I was fighting all the time and Uh, I guess they just had enough. I mean, it's really something.
0: You were getting jumped again or like your mouth got you in trouble and then, or or you just started punching people?
1: Well, it wasn't even so much like, so like in the, in the children's home, yeah, it was like, I would be getting jumped all the time. But once I got to military school, we were all like separated, you know, like we'd all come from different backgrounds and different areas. So nobody really had their real clicks or anything. So it was more one-on-one fighting then. And so being that I had been being jumped all summer, you know, and I started getting into one-on-one fights. I was in there as a freshman, like beating up seniors and stuff. And uh, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like it, it, anything would set me off. People looked at me the wrong way, said the wrong thing to me, uh, tried to take my food at breakfast or something like that. That was the one that I eventually got kicked out of school over. Somebody actually tried to steal one of my friends breakfast. And uh, I was like, I wish you'd try to steal mine. and that escalated into me getting kicked out of high school.
0: Hmm. So, Sounds like they had it coming though.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one was, that one was probably legitimate. So yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so after to, that, I have to ask what happened to your
0: brother after this happened with your mom? Um, he got,
1: he got locked up. He, um, he was 14 when he did it. So he was charged as a juvenile and, um, Ended up doing 11 years in prison. So he's out now? He is out, yeah. Is he still technically
0: considered your brother?
1: Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. You talk to him? I've talked to him a couple of times. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe like five times since he got out. How
0: did those conversations go?
1: Um. It was definitely hard at first. Um, I don't know. I kind of got to get to like the end of this, story. I can circle back Go to ahead. this yep. if you want. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll like yeah, it'll all link up. So um. So yeah, so I get kicked out of military school. My dad's like, "Look, you need to you know figure out something to do with your life," and uh, so he was like, why don't you think about joining the the army? And I was like, I was like, all right, army, I can make some money there. I'll I'll go do that. And so, uh, I ended up joining the army. Um, I, I turned 17 in June and I was in basic in September and, uh, uh, went over to eventually I was with the 101st and then got shipped out to Afghanistan. And, um, You know, all my troubles—they were still with me. I was still dealing with, you know, my mom's death and um, all that. I was dealing with in the wrong way, still drinking heavily, and uh, you know, I was still getting in trouble in the army and fighting and things like that. And um, one day, I had some uh, friends. They ended up dying. They got hit with an IED and um, they ended up burning to death in a Humvee. And uh, I just remember. You know, because they were good people. And I remember, like, I went back to my to my uh, little tent that we were in, and I was um, – it was like I was praying, but, like, I didn't really – I wouldn't say, like, I had any type of faith at that point, obviously. You know, like, I wasn't, you know, a Christian or anything like that at that point. It was just, but it was weird. It was just like, why would you take these people when they're good people and they have families, and I'm over here always in trouble, and you just let me live? And it was like, that was, that was it. And, uh, so it was like, I was having this you know prayer or something like that, but, um, went about my day, uh, ended up, you know, dealing with it the same way I always do and just drinking. And, uh, I got, got, got into a fight over there on base and, um, they were basically like, "In I was in Afghanistan and everybody's like, look, obviously this isn't working out for you. Um, You know, we think it's best you leave the military. I could have um, tried to stay in, and I was just like, I was at a point where I knew that things were getting really bad, and um, that I like some changes needed to be made in my life. Basically, like I knew, like if I continued on the path I was on, I was going to be, you know, in trouble probably for the rest of my life. And so, this last fight that I got in. it did land me uh, 30 day, 30 days in a Kuwait jail um, owned by the military. So I wasn't like in like with anybody over there. I was just in with the U S mm-hmm. um, soldiers and things. And uh, so I ended up leaving the military. And while I was in there, like, I remember like, you know, like just sitting there thinking over my whole life. And uh, it was like, you know, I'm sitting in here, I've wasted so much time everything is going to go on without me, whether I'm doing the right thing or I'm doing the wrong thing. And um, so like, I I knew I needed to make that change in my life and ended up um, found faith and got saved. Uh, I mean, call it what you want. I don't know. I mean, my life has been completely changed by Jesus and this is where I'm at today. Um, So like, a lot of that comes like understanding forgiveness and understanding like true love and being loved unconditionally. Um, so that was something I wrestled with when I got out, um, circling back around to my brother. And, you know, I wrestled with that for a long time. Like, how could I, you know, still love somebody that did such an evil thing and took so much from me? My mom never got to see my wedding you know, at the time I didn't have kids. So like I was thinking, you know, she'll never meet my future kids. How could I forgive somebody of something like that? And then finally, I just understood that I had been forgiven of so much that who am I not to forgive somebody else? And uh, so, like I've, you know, I would I would say I've forgiven him. Um, does that mean we've gone out and had lunch? No, you know, we haven't. I've, I haven't seen him since then. Uh, my kids have never met him or anything like that. They've never talked to him. Um, He's very apologetic. He's very sorry. Um, So he says, I mean, you know, obviously I I haven't seen him since then, but, you know, it appears since he's gotten out that, you know, he's making changes in his life as well. And I mean, my mom, like I said, she loved people so much and, you know, she wanted to give somebody a better life and, I mean, in a sense, it backfired, but you know what? Maybe, maybe some way, somehow, he's able to help other people. He says he wants to go into um, some type of like a uh, prison thing where he goes in and helps inmates and helps them, uh, you know, kind of get their lives on track. So, you know, maybe, maybe it all boils down that, you know, it actually, in the end, could somehow work out for some greater good. Mm-hmm. How about your dad? Does he speak to him? Yeah. Yeah, he's talked to him. Um and you know, he's he's kinda of the same way. My dad's a Christian as well, and you know, he says that he forgives him. That's amazing.
0: It's amazing. I mean, I don't <laughs> you're you're uh, you're totally right. I mean when when you said my eyebrows went up when you were like, you know, I've been you've been forgiven for so many things in your life, you know. Yeah. That you know, he, he probably deserves the same first thought in my head was that, well, he didn't take, you didn't take anybody's life, um, right. you know? Uh, so, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I think it's, that's amazing. More power to you for that, you know? Um, I appreciate you sharing that too. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that story. And so now it's like, now that some people that are listening have some context and a background, I mean, you've done, you've done some pretty, pretty cool things now. I mean, now you're married for 12 years. You have two daughters, you, um, you you have sponsors for obstacle course racing. You became a American Ninja warrior national finalist back in 2015. Um,
1: yeah,
0: you're, you're studying right now, uh, for exercise science degree, right. Full time in college. Yeah.
1: yeah Full time.
0: So, I mean, you're doing amazing things with your life, you know, and yeah, to think it all started the way it started, um, back, you know, when you were 14, 15, uh, it's, yeah. it's really turning around. And that's one of the reasons that I said in the very beginning is that when I read your story and then also seen the things that you've gone on to accomplish, anybody else out there who has had a similar story, the same story, possibly even a worse story. Uh, I, I don't know if, I mean, I, I guess that's possible, but you know, I mean, this is thing is like, yeah it's not a competition on who's got a a worse story or something like that. When you turn your life around, if you did it, anybody can do it. And that's not undermining you. It's just that, you know, we're all people, we're all human beings on this planet. And if, if you hear a story like this, I just think it's super inspiring. So, so tell us about, tell us about what led you to wanting to go into American Ninja warrior and obstacle course racing. And how did you get into that life?
1: yeah um so I left the military I'd never really trained like I mean I trained while I was in the military but I'd never had like goals for like I mean I guess I did do some soccer when I was younger too but I never really had like a training regimen where like I was always training for something or anything like that I've always been in like decent shape you know like even after i got out of the military if people wanted to go like play basketball or play ultimate frisbee things like that i would go out there and i'd run fine but i never wasn't in the gym or train or anything like that and uh about was it eight years ago now um somebody at my work was like i'm he's he was saying how he runs marathons and i hated running and I'm still not a huge fan of it, but he was like, <laughs> "I run marathons," and I was like, "Well, that seems hard. I guess I'll go do that." <laughs> so it wasn't even like, a, "like I'm going to train up for this or anything." So I went. To, I actually went online and I was searching for a marathon, and what I found was a Spartan Beast race, and it was uh, it's basically a half marathon, but it's got all these obstacles in it. And you know, back then, it's like. The marketing was basically this is gonna kill everybody like you're not gonna make it it's too hard one of the hardest races ever and I was like all right I'll go do that <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh I didn't train for it at all um I think I ran I ran one time before that and I was like oh yeah I'll be able to finish it and <laughs> so I went out there and I ran um I finished like eleven hundredth place, I think, at the race, which is right about half the half mark. I think there was like twenty two hundred people that ran. And um I didn't know anything about timing. I didn't know I was getting a placement or anything like that. And like I'm I've always been competitive, you know, and, and things. So I got this email about a week later and it was like, This is what you placed, you know, you were in the around fifty percent, you know, halfway among everybody and I just thought, Oh, I can do better than that. And that's like exactly how it started. And, uh, before long, I was like training. Um, I did my second race, um, a few months later in the open category. And so they have, they have different categories in the obstacle race where you can run elite back then. They didn't have an age group category, but they have it now. And then they have the open category. So I started running open category for a year, um, started getting some top tens in the open category. And then I went to Vermont and ran the Spartan ultra beast. Back then it was a 31 mile um, obstacle race through uh, Killington, Vermont. And um, a year after that first race, I started running elite and started competing with those guys and just got better and better. (laughs) A lot of hard work and, yeah, so now like I'm usually regularly in the top ten if I run elite. Um, if it's a big race where it's like a national series where it's like uh, Mexico and Canada, I'm usually like around fiftieth place. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so crazy! You were looking for a marathon, you stumbled across Spartan, yeah. and you're like, "All right, I'll try it." <laughs> yeah, and then it just I yeah, guess you, I guess you like that first race where you placed you know in the fiftieth percentile i mean i guess you liked it right because you just kept doing it
1: yeah yeah because i guess like i'd always i never liked running like i said but it you know with the obstacles it split it up and so back then the obstacles were like really hard and they've kind of gotten a little more lax over the years and so that like but that like it went into american ninja warrior and my family was like you know you really need to apply for this show and i I had never seen this kind of a funny story too. I've never seen the show or anything, and people were like, "Hey, it's just a bunch of obstacles, you know. You need to try it." I'm like, "All right, I get, I, you know, I guess I can do that." So like, I'd seen commercials and stuff, but never really sat down and watched a show.
0: Mm-hmm. Even so, to this, even to this day, or just up until that point.
1: No, up until that point, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but up, to, you know, at that point, I'd never watched or anything. They're like, "You need to apply." So I, I ended up applying without having watched a full episode or anything. And uh, they picked me to come on the show, and so like I kind like I knew that like if you watch the show, I, I like knew like had some concept that there was like a qualifier, and then like six weeks later there was a regional, and then it was the national finals. So I was just thinking, well, I train for obstacle races, I'll I'll just keep doing my normal training, and then. You know, if I make it through the qualifier, then I'll have six weeks to train for the regional. And so uh, two weeks before I'm supposed to be in Orlando for the qualifier, I get an email and they're like, hey, uh, the regional qualifiers this day. Um, if you make it through, you go to the regional finals the next night and record that. <laughs> so, like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so,
0: yeah, <laughs> there goes your six weeks. Never,
1: yeah exactly it never occurred to me that they record it back to back which makes way more sense i mean why would you set the course up twice but um yeah so it's recorded back to back and then just played separately and i was like oh my gosh i need to like check this out and so i started going on youtube and i'm looking through these videos and i'm like oh my gosh i am so out of my league right now like i had no idea what i got myself into (laughs) so so Yeah, there's nothing to do. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, any fitter really, you know, in two weeks. So um, I just went with it and uh, ended up doing pretty well. I made it through the um, the regional qualifier just barely. And then I got into the regional finals and, uh, you know, finished well within the um, space I needed to get to the national finals. And so I went to Las Vegas and um, I made it through stage one there, and then I fell off of stage two. So I made it through four of the six courses, basically. Well, I made it on to the fourth and six. So.
0: Wow! So you didn't train for Spartan, you didn't train for American Ninja warrior. You wound up getting to the national finals, but from the yeah. from the regionals, you, you did the qualifier, did the the, the regional, but then the national. Yeah. How, how did you train for the nationals?
1: Um I did have a few more weeks there. I can't remember what it was. I think I might have had like eight weeks. Um you know, I didn't have any obstacles or anything like that. I trained out of my one car garage for years. And um what kind of stuff the bulk like- of my train? Yeah.
0: What kind of stuff? Yeah, you the
1: bulk of my training was pull-ups. Um I made some like grips with like softballs, so I could do pull-ups on the softballs too. Um I was doing a lot of hanging from a bar and I was doing a lot of like just hold, like I had a, um, a fat bar and axle bar and, um, I would just put weight on there and like, hold it. I did a lot of like every minute on the minute workout, stuff like that. Like it was like super basic. Like it was like just tons of pull-ups. Like I would, I would do like, you know, hundreds of pull-ups a day, basically, um, just throughout the day. And that was like the bulk of my training. I never went to a gym and tried any of that stuff out, you know, I mean like even like going up to the show, you know, I was uh, I'd never done a warped wall or anything like that. I was just like, I'm gonna wing it when I get there and so, say yeah, it's like it's super basic training, honestly. Uh-huh.
0: But did it did it work? I mean you're basically what you were just explaining of like hundred push ups a day spread out throughout the day, it's called the, the greasing the groove yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so no, I mean it, you just did. do like ten <laughs> at a time or fifteen at a time or as many as you could do and then wait another, you know. 20, 30 minutes at least, and then do another set and just keep going throughout the day?
1: Yeah, there was some of that, and then there would be, like, I did a lot of every-minute-on-the-minute workouts. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but basically, like you start yeah. a timer. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so, yeah, you just start the timer and do a set amount and then wait and then do it. I do a lot of, like, 15-minute EMOMs, 20-minute EMOMs, and even up to 30-minute EMOMs with pull-ups and stuff like that.
0: So you'll just do one exercise? You'll just do uh, a uh, pull-up EMOM? For 15 or 20 minutes?
1: Yeah. Um, there was one other one that I did. It was, um, I would do 10 minutes of 10 pull ups every minute on the minute, um, strict ones back then, not, not like kipping ones. And then I would go straight into um, 10 minutes. Uh, I can't remember what exactly it was. It was a bar hole. I think I was just holding um, a fat bar for. 20 seconds every minute on the minute. It was like 185 pounds, and then I would go straight into another one that was um, I want to say it was 20 jumping lunges, and then five pull-ups on the softball grips. So that was like all a consecutive like 30 minute workout, hmm. and I would do I did that, and it's like I mean you could pretty, pretty much anybody could set that up at their house, really. It's super basic training. Honestly.
0: Yeah, not everybody. To show your point, not everybody can set up what you have now at their house. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no. we will have, I, I'm going to have your Instagram handle in the show notes. But for anybody listening, you have to go check out. It was, I don't know how many days ago that you just posted this. But you're doing, like, from one end of your garage to the other. How big is your
1: garage, first of all? Um, well, so that's, like, a detached garage. I actually built that this past summer. Um, like I said, I trained in a one-car garage for years and just kept saving money. Um, but it's a 24 by 40 um, garage in the back now. Yeah,
0: so this thing is—it looks gigantic. I didn't know how big it was. I was—I gonna I wanted to ask you. I was like, <laughs> this thing is ridiculous. I mean, the walls that you build on it—the angle walls, the the um, gymnastic rings, every so feet hanging yeah. from the ceiling with the uh, battle ropes, or you know, like just regular Manila rope. Like all these things, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh! And your kids are there, like cheering you on. I mean, how how often do they use it?
1: <laughs> oh, every day. You do they every, every day, day? As soon as I, get home, yeah, they're like yeah, Can we go out to the gym? Can we go out to the gym? I'm like, yeah. Like they they make me work out more than I feel like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you train after work?
1: Yeah, most days cause, well, you're up early for so you're like up right... early
0: for your job, right? So I mean, you're up at like what two yeah. two two thirty three o'clock?
1: Yep. Yeah, I wake up every morning somewhere between 9, usually 2 and 4. Right now our volume's really heavy at UPS because everybody's ordering online. So, yeah, up early around 3 o'clock every day. And then um, I was in school after that, so I'd get done at UPS and go to school for the day and then come home and have all my homework and then try to get some training in and stuff like that. But right now it's just, you know, through the summer I'm just going to be part-time staying home with the family so yeah as soon as i hit the door they're like "Hey, can we go to the gym <laughs> so
0: that's what you meant when you said earlier about your dad not getting a lot of sleep and you can relate to it at this point now because you're working full-time yeah. full-time student yeah. full-time dad <laughs> when do you sleep
1: yeah um i try to get in bed by 11 lately that hasn't been happening but i'm trying to get in bed by 11 every night so, I think I made it last night. I was in bed about 10.30 and then woke up at like 3.15. Um, wow. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, I guess getting your is training it? in before then is – because what time do you have to be in?
1: For uh, for work? Yeah. Uh, like, today's start time was 3.45, so. Yeah, you can't
0: get your training in before then because, I mean, <laughs> 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 sleeping is – I love sleep. <laughs> I love sleep. I know. <laughs> yeah. So what yeah, are you going to do with the exercise? What's your plans? Um, once you finish college, what do you want to do with the exercise science degree?
1: Um, eventually I want to, um, I'll be running my own business, uh, doing something with a per- like personal training and coaching. Um, what I really hope that I can do is work with, um, kind of, like, at-risk youth, like, I, you know, basically, like, they grew up with my kind of story, you know, in the children's home and things like that and don't really have a, that may not have, like, a great, like, many great opportunities, you know, to work with coaches or things like that, so, like, that's what I'm really hoping I'll be able to do is, like, you know, work with some of them, and then, uh, you know, just everyday people, too, training people and helping them get ready for, you know, whatever they're training for. so would you
0: you wouldn't doesn't sound like you'd specifically go to obstacle course racers like training obstacle course racers because that would be a nice not necessarily be a nice niche
1: yeah no definitely um i plan uh, the plan is to have some type of online programming going out too so like uh something broad for like people that are just training generally for obstacle racing and then if they want like specific coaching for that uh you know i'd be able to do that too yeah um But, yeah, definitely want to work with, like, youth and stuff like that as well. That's awesome.
0: You know, one of the things, as you were telling your story, the one of the things that just seems like it kept popping back up, I mean, probably one of the reasons, and I'm just guessing, uh, but probably one of the reasons that you kept continuing to get in those fights even after going into the military, because, you know, you think, I guess the stereotype of the military is, oh, you'll you'll shape up in the military and all that kind of stuff. You probably had a lot of anger still. Right, you're yeah. still just like, and and you know, you had said that, you know, you're just very angry, and you were holding on to that anger. How did you, how did you get rid of that anger? Was it just in the process of, as you said, you know, finding Christ, being saved, that you just feel like it just left, or did you do something or work with somebody specifically to get rid of that anger? Because I would imagine if you're dealing with similar youths as yourself, you'll definitely be able to relate, but. Maybe how people deal with the anger is yeah. going to be different. How they let it go is going to be different. So I was just curious how you did.
1: Yes. Um, a lot of it was, you know, definitely in faith because so much of it was against my brother. You know, I was so mad and, uh, you know, couldn't believe that that happened after, you know, my mom literally pulls him out of, you know, a horrible situation and gives him an opportunity to life. So there's definitely a lot of anger at that, you know, and finding faith and understanding my forgiveness and everything like that. Um, was a huge part of it. Um, You know, there's definitely like, I still, I still get frustrated, you know, I still, I still, you know, get angry at times. And I think fitness is like a big outlet for that, for me. Uh Um, Anytime like I'm really feeling frustrated with things or, you know, something's not going my way. Like the gym is always a good place to get out that frustration and just put it to good use. So, I mean, yes, I would definitely say, you know, fitness for sure is my huge outlet, but I never really i never did work with a counselor or anything like that
0: it's interesting I mean obviously it worked, but it's just it's just really yeah. it's good to hear different um tactics i guess you know and, and yeah. how to deal with certain things or just see how people deal with certain things and that could actually be one of the things that you introduce to the youth that you're going to start working with is obstacle course racing or fitness you know and letting them know that it's a great outlet because obviously it, like you, like we just said it works
1: yeah no absolutely that'll definitely be you know high on the list I mean it, fitness does so much I mean building discipline and you know making good decisions I mean it's, it's a great outlet for frustrated so yeah definitely
0: yeah so when's that gonna when's that gonna pop up and if you are you gonna train for any more American Ninja Warriors or are you just you done with that you just kind of like all right I I did that I got to the Nationals or are you gonna continue with that or
1: yeah um so the American Ninja Warrior thing I tried going back twice actually and um you know (laughs) believe it or not they were one of the people that told me my story was just too dark for television and they couldn't tell it so that was kind of I think my undoing um they just didn't you know, want to use the story. So there wasn't really much of a point in let me compete, I guess, in their eyes. So, wow. I, I would love to go back. I mean, I would love another shot at it. I've thought about it since it's so many years later, um, you know, maybe trying to apply again and uh, just, you know, see if they give me a shot. Cause I feel like I have unfinished business, you know, in my eyes, I was like, you know, I'm a rookie and I made it this far. Like imagine what I can do with a year of training And uh, so I just tell people they knew I was going to win it and they just won't let me back. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: what I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And how much longer do you have until you're done college?
1: Um, It's going to be, I think I have three years left. Um, I've been at a technical college for, well, it's about two and a half. So I've been at a technical college for two years and I'm doing four classes. So to graduate in four years, you have to do five classes a semester. Um, So with my lab, it'll, it gives you like an extra credit hour. So long story short, it should be in about two and a half years. That's cool. All right.
0: Um, Tell everybody before we get into the final questions, uh, tell everybody where they could just find out a little bit more about you and, you know, where you might have, I'm sure you'll probably share a lot of any of the programs you're going to be coming out with in the future on your social media. So tell people where they can find out more about you.
1: Um, Yeah. Sean a Clayton on Instagram. Uh, That's my main Instagram account. I actually just um, made another one a few days ago. Um, It's called the woodshed gym and I'm going to put out a lot more like product reviews and different, you know, like gym equipment that I'm using. It's more like a look at my gym. So um, yeah, either the Woodshed Gym or Sean—it's S E A N A Clayton—on Instagram. Those are the main things that I use. Okay,
0: yeah, I'll put um, all that in the show notes for everybody so they can see the spelling and all that stuff. You guys got to check out the gym; it's amazing. And I actually did see a couple of videos you did post about how you made how you made certain things, and you kind of already take people yeah. through it. I guess there would probably be a lot to like actually document and film you'd probably need your kids to help you out with it or something like that. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Because you couldn't, you couldn't do that by yourself or just set up one of those stationary cameras that some people do. And then it's just like this super fast time lapse video, but a lot of times people can't learn from that. Yeah, But yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so, um, definitely check it out. A lot of cool, Mm -hmm. a lot of cool, um, ideas. If you have a lot of space or even if you have a small space and you could just do, some things with a small space in a garage Mm -hmm. just to get yourself fit. And I think working on the grip is, is a huge thing, especially in that kind of world. And if you're an OCR or American Ninja warrior type training, grip is definitely huge. I mean, I tell people anyway, if you can't, if you can't grip it or if you can't hold it, you can't lift it. You know, when I, when I train, I don't use, um, straps or wraps or anything like that, because I feel like I want that, just that raw grip strength. You know, yep. so definitely
1: yeah. important. Yeah.
0: I'm all right. So as we end every episode with 10 questions, uh, inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pavo. you ready to get into them?
1: Yeah, let's right.
0: do it. Uh, number one, who is your hero?
1: Oh, definitely my dad. I mean, just watching all the stuff that he went through and, you know, seeing him stick it out with the family when, you know, he definitely could have left us and, you know, trying to deal with all his own stuff. I mean, yeah, he's always been there for me. Still is. We have a great relationship. So yeah, my dad. What excites you? Um, I would say, you know, like progress and growth, like accomplishing goals, you know, any, anywhere, you know, whether it's in the gym or, you know, I'm building something just like accomplishing things. That's what, that's what I like. What turns you off? uh that's like complaining and excuses for sure i mean mm-hmm. yeah no room for that what is your favorite sound uh you know the sound like i don't know do you olympic lift you know the sound of the barbell clicking when you're like lifting weights doing olympic mm-hmm. lifts it it's a beautiful sound i love nice. that
0: what is your least favorite sound
1: Probably like metal on metal. I hear a lot of that scraping because I work at UPS. So like a lot of times something gets jarred loose and you hear that like metal on metal screeching sound. Drives me yeah. nuts.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite quote or saying?
1: Wow. There's a lot of those to choose from. Uh, one that stuck with me, uh, I read Tim Tebow's book and his coach used to tell him um, he's training while you're not. And when you meet him, he will win. And I've always liked that quote, you know, just somebody out there is training while you're not, you know, so get to it. That's cool. I like that.
0: Yeah. In a couple words, what should a dad
1: be? Um, a dad should be a provider and a protector and a leader, you know, set the example. You yeah, know, put the needs of the family above your own. 100%.
0: And in a couple of words, what should a dad
1: not be? Uh, well, there's a lot of things to that too uh, d- discouraging for sure. You know, don't don't be discouraging, especially you know with your kids. You know, there's so much that they can learn from you. Don't discourage them. Let them find you know their way.
0: Nice. If you could try any other profession, what would it be?
1: I've always wanted to climb cell phone towers. I think that would be cool. I don't know what they work on. If they're like changing light bulbs up there or what, but <laughs> I think that would be a cool thing to do, you know, to climb a cell phone tower sometime. Cool.
0: And what would you like to be
1: remembered for? Um, a person that gave it their all, you know, it's just, you know, somebody that was always striving for more and uh, standing up for what's right and willing to defend the people that can't defend themselves yeah you know? that's beautiful
0: sean this was great man i i really appreciate yeah everything that you shared your story your um willingness to over overcome adversity and death in your life and all that stuff it's just it's amazing man it really is and and for someone who yeah. hasn't experienced nearly an eighth of what you've experienced it's just uh it's it's mind blowing, you know. And so, yeah. even if people don't have those experiences, I think we can all still learn something from that because we're all going to face dark times in our in our life. Um, and I think it's great, man. Yeah. And it's great that we, what you are doing now. And I, I love I love watching you on social media, and I can't wait to see uh, what courses you have come out and what you get what you are going to offer to the youth in your future, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I mean, yeah, that's so it's all about, you know, trying to tell the story and just use it for good and build other people up and bring them along. Absolutely. All
0: right, man, have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks. You too. Right. Thanks for having me.
0: As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, We need to keep our testosterone at peak levels. And that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, It's Google search away, but unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades, and it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download, and all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com, just download it, start, start implementing it and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a warrior dad.